Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, I'd like to um, open up the Word this morning as we always do. And I suppose I'm looking out over all of us and I'm thinking, you know, COVID's come through and it's decimated us. Holidays have come through and people are going on holidays. But I just want to welcome the faithful few that turned up this morning. Yes. (laughs) The faithful many that turned up this morning. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I believe that when we open up God's word, it personally speaks to every single one of us. If we have ears to hear it, and, and not every one of you are going to hear the same thing, but everybody's going to leave with something this morning. Because when God's Word is, is an operation, it changes us, and it, it, it changes us to be more like Him, which is what I want to be. So I want to speak this morning about a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Did you know that you're kings and priests? Did you know you're kings and priests? And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this just to lift us up. But we get stuck in our Christian faith with Simon, and, and, and it's great, we're, we're laying our burdens down. But you do know that you're kings and priests. And, and you do know that as, you, as kings and priests, you have an authority and you have, you have a, a relationship with God that only comes from, from being a priest towards him. And, and that is who you are. And, and I'm basically saying that over you this morning. That is who you are in Christ. And, and can we enlarge our heart? Can we enlarge our minds to say, this is who I am? This is who God is in me, and this is what I, I'm able to do through God. You know, I, I was thinking about a, a royal priesthood. And have you ever done a family tree? Have you done a family tree? Who has done a family tree? I, I, a few of us. I, I had my auntie send one to me probably 10 years ago, and, and my auntie's a bit of a, a family buff. And she came to Australia and she, she went to Norfolk Island and went to Australia and went through all my family tree and found out who did what down through the generations. And I can tell you now, I'm not, I don't come from royalty. I come from, from normal standard stock. Claire's differently, she tells me all the time, she came from royalty. I don't know, how many, how many generations was it? I know it's in your bloodline, but how many generations? It's very close anyway. So my wife comes from royal bloodline. I came from the other side of the fence. I have not got any royal bloodline in, in my life. But when I went back through my family tree and, and I look back and, and my, one of my, my great, 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 great grandfather sailed the ships, the convicts from, from, from England to Australia. And they, they settled in Tasmania. And my, his son started a church in Tasmania. And it was, it's called St. Paul's. It's still there today. And he served there from 1858. He started this church in Tasmania. And the heritage I've got in my family line that every single generation since that man has had either a preacher or a missionary in that generation. Up to me. So, you know, my, my, my great, great, great grandfather served for like 30 or 40 years in this church. She, still, she found his grave and his kids' graves in, in the um, cemetery there. Then from there, they went to New Zealand, the land of the long white cloud, the place of promise. <laughs> and 
every generation, of course, there's been a few that, that haven't served God, but in my mother's side, virtually every generation has served God in some way. My great-great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather in NZ started YWAM in, in NZ, um, which grew out to be a huge organisation. My aunties spent between 15 and 25 years on the mission field, all of them serving God on the mission field. My, my grandmother was heavily involved with the church. She ran an interstitial prayer group all her life, and she was so strong in the Lord. Um, I can go back through the generations. I don't, I don't know where you've come from your family tree, but can I tell you, your, your, your family tree might not be royal blood here on earth, but it's royal blood because of what Jesus and what we've been grafted into. And if you have been grafted into this line of being a kings and priests, I wonder what your generation's going to do. I wonder what your kids are going to do as, as they grow up in, in this, this king-priest king line that comes from knowing Jesus. So can I encourage you this morning? You are not just little old me. You are kings and priests in the kingdom of heaven. So we start off from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 10. And it says, But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. See, we're special. <laughs> that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not, not a people, but now are a people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have attained mercy. You know, we're looking forward to Easter. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And it's the, the, the day that they welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem. And they welcomed him to Jerusalem as their Messiah. They expected him to come into Jerusalem and overtake the Romans and set them free. But Jesus came there for a totally different reason. He came there for more than they could ever, more than they could ever hope, more than they ever could dream, and more than they could ever imagine. Because he didn't just come to set them free from Roman rule, he came to set them free from their sins. And as we know, one weekend he comes as the king, the next weekend he comes and he's on the cross dying on our behalf. This kingly line of kings and priests where the world thought that he was a king because he was going to set them free physically. And Jesus says, I've got something completely different. My line is a kingly line from heaven. My line is a line that is going to set people free forever. The Messiah of the world. Not just the Messiah of Jerusalem, not just the Messiah of the, is the, of the Israelites, but the Messiah of everybody, Jews and Gentiles, which includes us. And because of that, we are kings and priests in his, in his kingdom. See, Luke 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is what Jesus is speaking when he opened the scroll. And you know, probably all know the story. I don't know if you know the story. He goes to the temple and it becomes, it, it, it becomes the day when it's his turn to read. He opens up the scroll he pulls open the scroll and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of the sight for the blind, and set the oppressed, set the oppressed free. And then he dropped that scroll because it was finished. It was accomplished. He made that statement over himself. But more than that, because we are in his family line, can you imagine that that statement is for you? The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind. And He has sent you that the oppressed may be free. And we can do that because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. That is you. That is us. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That you're never going to die. You know, you know we, can, we can say these things. I think it's really good to open our mouths and prophesy over ourselves to remind ourselves of what God has done for us and what He's eternally doing for us. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want a relationship with God, then you must go through Jesus. And if you've got a relationship with God and you've gone through Jesus, that means you're His son and His daughter. That means you're part of this king-priest line. That is who you are. Don't let the world tell you any different because that is who you are. You know, I've seen many altar calls. I've seen many come and, and, and give their heart to the Lord. A one-off statement where they come and say, God, I'm going to give you my life. And we all know the story that they'll, they'll run hot for a while and then eventually the world comes and it, and it knocks the wind out of their sails. And slowly over time, they pick up their old life and they tend to, to dissipate and maybe fall away altogether. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know how many times I've seen that. and It, it hurts my soul to think this life that was had so much potential, and it still has potential, but this life that was, the, in, in one statement, they, they gave their lives to the Lord, and then they lose it. I don't want to be that one. I want to be the one that serves as a king and priest, my God, till the very moment I lose my last breath on this earth. To be the one that says yes when he comes to me, he says, good and faithful servant. Today, we might sit here and it's, it's easy to possibly shout in church, to sing in church. What happens when we go home? Do we allow some other statements to come into our mind? Do we allow some other things to come in and we lose some of this faith, these faith statements that we were talking about in church? Can we, make, can we make the decision that no matter what happens in my life, I might feel bad, maybe I might be depressed even, but my king is in the throne. My body might be ravaged with pain, but my king is on the throne. My finances might be a bit sad, but my king is on the throne. Can we stop? Can we stop rehearsing our failures and start prophesying into our future? I'd like to tell you three quick stories in the Bible, and I'm trying to go quickly this morning. The first story, it's in John 5, verses 1 to 12, and I'm not going to read, read this so much this morning. I just want to talk over it, but if you want to follow it, it's in John 5, verses 1 to 12. And this heading, I suppose, is, I cannot do it. Have any of you said that in your life? I just can't do it. Yeah, I just can't do it. See, there's a man by the pool of Bethesda, and he could not walk. This man had been a cripple for 38 years of his life, and had been sitting there beside the water, and if you know the story, when the, when the water bubbled, they said the first person that got into the water was going to be healed. Um, a lot of thought was it was actually a, a bit of a Roman scam, the whole thing. But these people believed that the, when the pool bubbled, the first one got in there was going to be healed. And this man had said, because I am weak, because my legs are weak and I can't walk, I just can't do it. Whenever he tried to get to the pool first, 
someone beat him to it. And he made the excuse that there's no one there to carry me to this pool. So he's trying to deflect the fact that he couldn't, he couldn't do it, so he's trying to blame it on somebody else. And I don't know what, where you're at, but this man had, had, on the outside, everything looked bad. 38 years, he hadn't been able to get to this pool. I don't know how long he'd been in front of the pool for, but he hadn't been able to make it to the pool. I just can't do it. And what happens? Jesus. That's right. That's right. Jesus turns up. He'd lost all hope of help. And in one instant, Jesus turns up. Can you imagine when you're saying in your mind, I just can't do it? Will you, will you allow your mind to go and say the question mark, but Jesus? But Jesus. Can we say it? But Jesus. But Jesus. He turns the whole situation around. There's this but Jesus statement, and he, and he says, get up and walk. Everything in this man was saying, I can't get there. But the one moment when Jesus gets there, he just says, get up and walk. And we all know what happens. He gets up and walks. Second thought, I am not worthy. And I get this out of Luke 5, 12. There was a man full of leprosy. And when Jesus turns up, he says to Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. He puts this clause in there where he says, I sort of believe maybe you can do it, but God, if you will. And he's saying, if you will, because this man had been a leper. And because he was a leper, he had to walk around saying, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. No one was allowed to touch him because if you touch this man, you were unclean. And he wasn't allowed to touch anybody. He had never felt physical touch for a long time. And he's sitting there. He'd been rejected and rejected and rejected over and over and over again, begging for begging for his food. This man had lost all hope, all hope. And instead of saying to God, yes, you will do it for me, he comes out of this place of unbelief which he'd been, had preached to him for all these years and he says, God, if it's your will, I'm not really good enough. I'm not worthy for this. And I don't know if you've ever felt that before, that you feel maybe you're not just worthy, worthy enough for God. Maybe you feel that God is just too good for me and I'm not worthy enough. He's not going to do this for me because, because I did this wrong. And we try and work out our faith by what we can do instead of receiving His grace. Because I sinned in some way, I'm not worthy and so God's not going to do it for me. Well, because I, made this, I've, I fell down this area, God's not going to be there for me. That is not my God. God covers you with His grace. And He comes to this man who'd been sitting there for so long and he touches the leper, and we all know the story. Instead of the leprosy jumping onto Jesus and making Jesus unclean, Jesus' wholeness jumps onto the leper and makes him clean. And he's instantly set free. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've come in with this morning. What failures you think you've got. Well, you think you've let God down, but can you imagine this morning that Jesus is touching you, and instead of, and all your problems do go onto Jesus, and he forgets about them. But more than that, when he touches you, he makes you clean. So the second point, instead of if you will, Jesus replied, if I will, he says, I will. I will make you clean. And he touches him and he's clean. So don't think you're not worthy this morning. The last point, or thought, not point, can you do it? 
have you ever thought, God, can you do it for me? And it comes out of Mark 9, verses 17, 18. And there's this man brings his son to Jesus, and he's a, he's a demoniac. He's got a demon in his life. And, and this boy rolls around the floor, and he foams at the mouth, and he loses control. And the father is, has, comes to Jesus, and he says, your disciples could not heal my son. Can you heal, heal my son, or can you heal my son? Can you heal my son? And his son had been thrown into the fire where the demon had tried to kill him. They'd thrown him into the water where the demon had tried to kill him. And this, this man had been trying to keep his son alive. And he comes to, to, to God because he'd lost all hope. And he says, if you can, if you can do anything, have compassion for us. And once again, Jesus makes the statement, the but Jesus statement turns up. And Jesus says, if I can... Are you kidding me? If I can. And here we are today, 2,000 years later, probably saying the same things. God, if you can. Well, let me tell you, he's not like Bob the Builder. If you can, I can do it. How's it go? Can you fix it? Yes, I can. That's right. That's right. Sorry, that was a long time ago. My kids were little. You know, you're going to leave this here this morning and you're all going to, all you're going to remember is Bob the Builder. Yes, we can. That's right. That's all you're going to remember when you leave here this morning. But Jesus. So that's last slide. Could we put the last slide up? You can do it with God. We are worthy in God. And God can do it if we trust God. Those three points, I don't know what excuses you've come to with this morning to say maybe that I am not a king and I'm not a priest. But let me tell you, you're kings and priests, and whatever the world says to you, that is a load of rubbish because you are kings and priests in God's kingdom. And you can do it with God. We are worthy in God, and God can do it as we trust Him. Gee, you're quiet. Some aren't. <laughs> you know... Do you really believe it? Come on, do you really believe it? I, I, I've been questioning the last, last month or so. I've been going through some of the things I believed. And I still believe. And I was thinking, God, have I dropped off on some of these things I really believed? You know, the moments, and I've, I've shared this before, where... Drug addicts come in the church, and this is our experience. They walk into the church saying, what is going on in this church? And they don't have a clue about God. And as they walk into the church, I meet them at the back. And it's actually a prayer meeting we were having. And I thought they came in just to give us a bit of a hard time. And I says, well, Jesus is in the room. They says, what is that? And I says, we're going to show you. I put my hands on them. They both went bang on the floor. And both these guys rolled around the floor for a while, got up totally lucid. We led them to Jesus in that instant. They left, not drug-induced at all, instantly. And I'm thinking, where are these moments, God? I haven't seen that for a long time, and I'm, I do still believe that. I still believe that's possible. And I don't know if you've experienced things like that in your life before. I've seen healings before my eyes. I've seen legs grow. I've seen people with all sorts of stuff disappear. And I've seen it. And it's so easy to lose that passion it's so easy to let the world overtake us, whereas we should be saying, we are royal priests. 
God can do it. He, he is not just Bob the Builder. He is more than Bob the Builder in our lives. Because 1 Peter 2 verses 9 to 10 says once again, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Is this? Yeah. Where am I? God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. First thing, let me say and reiterate this over and over again. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That is not us. And because Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we are his sons and daughters, that means we are part of his line. And that means we can operate in some of the same things that Jesus did, because that is who we are. So first of all, the first point this morning, I'm doing okay. It's not because... It's not because we are great people. It is just because we are loved. That is why we have a relationship with Jesus. Just because we have been chosen. You know, I've had inheritances stolen off me over the years. Do not let anything steal your inheritance in God. Do not let the world steal your inheritance in God. Do not let your mindsets that I was talking about in those last three points steal your inheritance from God. I was telling someone outside this morning and, and we were talking, who was I talking to? Matthew, Michael, sorry. And I was talking to him and we are talking about how our minds change and how we've got to reinforce in our mind what God says. And I said, have you ever thought that when you've dr driven a car, you've been taught how to, how to drive a car properly, once you've, you've learned how to drive and you've driven for a while, you just go on autopilot. And you just drive, and you don't even think about it anymore. You just put it in gear, and you do what you have to do while, you, while you're driving along. Well, it's exactly the same for us for our lives. If you have suffered something bad in your past, maybe once, but maybe over and over again, don't think that your mind's not just going to go on autopilot like it did when you learned how to drive the car. You, you go through and you do what you know, but unfortunately, our minds have to be changed. They have to be changed by the Word of God. We have to have to be changed by meeting together and hearing the Word of truth. They have to be changed by with the Holy Spirit moving through us. And if we allow that to happen, that process to happen, eventually the, the, the thoughts that we have that, that lead us down this track where we automatically go, they change and we start to walk on a different direction. We start to walk in a kingly direction, a priestly di direction in our God. You know, you can have a stronger marriage. You can be content. You can have peace. You can have more faith than you ever thought was possible. You can have authority that you never thought you have as you spend time with God and as you pursue Him. Not because we are good people, but just because God has chosen us. Just because He loves us. And just because we follow Him. You know, as a child of the king, we should all bear a likeness to our dad. Matthew Henry writes, all true Christians are a chosen generation. They all make one family, a sort of species of people distinct from the common world, of another spirit, principle and practice, which they could never be if they were not chosen. Christ to be such and sanctified by his spirit. Do we believe it that we're a bit different, a bit peculiar? You should be, 
We should be a little bit peculiar. People should see us and say, there's something different about you. You know, you're different than me. There's, there's something different. Something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but there's something different. And then we get the opportunity to say, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you, you can be the same as me. It's a free gift. Uh, we're chosen. Second point, we're royal. You know, if you were born in Jesus' time to be part of a royal family, you had to be part of the tribe of Judas, part of a special tribe. And, I, and I'm reading that these, this verse, by the way, came out of 1 Peter. And 1 Peter is writing this. And he's, a lot of the books of the Bible are written to a, a certain place, a certain group of people. But this book is written to a whole region. And it's not just written to the Jews. It is written to the Jews. It is written to the Gentiles. It is written to everybody in that region. So it's not, when we're saying about being royal, this is not just the Jewish nation. This is not just, just a, a, a group of people who are different than everyone else. This is for everybody who believes in Jesus, that they can be part of this royal line and they can be part of this priesthood that comes from following Jesus. You know, as I was a child, um, I can remember when the Queen came to New Zealand and we had the TV, the little old round TVs that none of you would have probably seen except in uh, museums. And to, to, for our TV to be colour, we used to put a, um, an overlay over the top and it was blue at the top and it went to green at the bottom. And so to make this colour so it was better, we, we used to stick this thing on the TV and, and lo and behold, we had colour TV. I don't know why I'm saying this, but anyway. So we couldn't where we were, we didn't get to go see the Queen. Oh. And I can remember watching it on TV, and, and I can remember her, her going down the street, and all the kids on the street had their little flags. And as she was going down the street, they were all waving their flags. And here's us, no hopers, sitting at home, watching our little round TV with a colour screen on the front, standing in front of the TV going, yeah. <laughs> Claire, Claire, once again, here, here we go. She experiences it. She just happened to be at work. And she just happened to be there when Prince Charles and Diana go past. So she runs out of work and she just happens to be there on the side of the road watching the royalty go past. I missed out, but you didn't. But, you know, we don't just sit on the side of the road and wait for royalty. We are royalty. That, that is who we are. We carry the royal bloodline. We, we're, we're sons again, once again, sons and daughters of Jesus. I was going to read something from Spurgeon, but I won't because it's a bit deep. <laughs> I'm not saying we're not deep here. But, <laughs> but you know... Royalty for us means when we come before the king, we don't have to fear. We all, if we know the story about Esther in the Bible, she went before the king and she, had, she wasn't sure whether she was going to come out alive or not. When we come before the king, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. 
knowing we have full access to the King because we're part of his line and that is who we are. Don't let the world tell you any different. You know, kings in the Bible who succeeded, they follow God's plan. And as a king, can I encourage you, follow God's plan for your life. Don't just do what you want to do. Follow God's plan for your life and you will have success. You might not have, go to Riviera and buy yourself a brand new boat, but I can guarantee you'll have the peace all over your life. I can guarantee you'll walk this, this earth with a smile on your face and I can guarantee you will not die depressed and upset. I can guarantee you'll be expectant knowing that you're going to walk into eternity to see your king. See, we are called to rule. We have a delegated authority and we have an inheritance obtained for us by the cross. Sons and daughters of the king, once again, I'm saying that over and over and over. You know, I had the opportunity to mow someone I didn't know, by the way, mow their lawns this week. And you might say, how on earth does that come back to us being a king? Don't, don't negate how you can change someone's life just by mowing their lawns. How you can show a different spirit. Because being a king does not mean you sit on your throne and your servants serve you. It means you carry your king, kingdom, kingliness into the world. And you overlay that over the people in your world. Because once this week I had the opportunity to go and, go and mow the lawns for this First Nations lady who had, had lots of life challenges and I managed to turn up and mow her lawns for her. It was a privilege to mow her lawns. And the same this week in the prayer meeting, and those who are at the prayer meeting, there were four of us there this week, we were praying and we said, God, a lot of the COVID is going through this church. We want to mark this time that at this time something shifts in people's lives that at this moment, something is going to shift and there's going to be a difference in people's lives. We, I wrote down the time in my book. Guess what I got next morning? A text from somebody. I was at home. I felt I could not do anything, no energy. Something shifted and I had this pain in my belly. It left instantly from my body. I felt like my head was unclear. Instantly, the moment cleared. And she said, were you praying last night? And I, and I said, what time did this happen? And for those at the prayer meeting, she said the exact same time as we were praying here at church. So do not negate what God can do in your life. This is a simple testimony. You can walk as kings and priests before your God and have this happen in your life over and over and over again if you walk in your kingly, kingly authority you have. For in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, it says, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Third point, priesthood. Man, I've gone too long. From the tribe of Levi came the, the priests of Israel. And it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We get to offer sacrifices to God. As priests... There is, there is benefit for us being priests, but we get to offer sacrifices to our God. We get to offer our bodies. We get to offer our lives and our time and our talents to, for God. And when we give our time and talents to God, we are blessed. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold firmly to faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace and help us in our time of need. This scripture is saying, it's talking about Jesus. But we all realize once again that we are kings and priests. And when people come to us for help, we have the ability through Jesus to offer help to these people. We have the ability to be able to give them part of the kingly blessings on our life to them. We have the ability as, pre, as, as priests to the, what we carry in Jesus to be able to offer it to them. And the spiritual sacrifices that we have paid in our lives opens up the doors for others to be able to step into all that God has for them. Kings and priests, you're kings and priests. Can we not let this, this mindset stop us from what Jesus has appropriated for us in our lives? You know, the church used to be, especially when Jesus was around, saving the world from impossible odds. Do you want to be part of that church? The church used to be saving the world from impossible odds. But now, unfortunately, it has become finding a happy relationship with a wonderful man. Can we allow not, not just to stop us? That we don't just come here, we, we come here because we want to have a relationship with Jesus. But we don't just come here to have a relationship with a wonderful man. We came here as a king. See, as a king, you, you read about the kings in, in the Bible. And when, when the seasons came, the times came, it was a time for the kings to go out into battle. They went out to battle. Come on, people. This is maybe this is our time to come out and maybe it's our season to go out into battle. Maybe it's our season to start taking some stuff back. Maybe it's the start, time to start taking this kingship and this authority we have and start to outworking in our lives. Not just keep on coming here just to have an experience with a lovely man, but to put it on the line and start walking in faith with him. Because if you have experienced where you've stepped out in faith and God's met you in your faith step, your will becomes alive, your faith becomes alive. It becomes so real. Worshipping warriors in God's kingdom, you will never see royalty and priesthood just sitting in a pew. I'm sorry to tell you. You will have an experience. God's love and His grace will come and it will touch you and it will fill you up. He'll get you ready to go out and to do an exploit for Him. But we're never meant to stay in the pew. We're meant to go as kings and priests for our King. You know, you know, will we actually get to live before we die? I, I don't know if, if, if any of you experienced Daniel Kalanda. I read his stuff years ago, and that was one of his statements, live before you die. Will we not let the death and destruction of this world hold us back? But will we learn to live in all that God has for us? And when we die physically, we can say, yes, God, I live this life. I live this life as a king for you. I live this life as a priest for you. And God, I'm just so happy that I spent my life for you. Doesn't mean you can't have houses. Doesn't mean you can't have cars. Doesn't mean you can't have all that, the other stuff. But it does mean through all of that, my emphasis, God, is for you. I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to live for these things, but I'm going to live for you. 
Well, if the team would like to come up. I'd like to pray for some people this morning. I'd like to first of all pray for some people who feel like they're carrying their weight into their future. And you feel like you need the weight to be removed off your life. I want to pray for people who those three points I, I, I talked about. And can you put that screen up, Michael, with the three points? If you don't feel like you're chosen, if you don't feel like you're royal, and if you don't feel like you're priest, I would like to pray that God's going to shift something in your life. God is going to shift something in your life that you're going to leave this place knowing, knowing, knowing that you are not just Matthew, you're not just Andrew, you're not just Sam, you're not just Dion. I am a king and a priest. I am a king and a priest. And there's going to be an authority that rests upon you that you're going to carry into your world. There's going to be something shift in your, in, your, in your world and you're going to walk away from this place differently because you know who you are. Because kings and priests are made to rule and reign. I like to pray for a fresh impartation of faith. I like to pray for the ones, Lord, the ones who have laid down their passion and they need to pick it up again. I don't know if any of that relates to you. Can we go put back that other slide as well, the, the slide about the three, first three? Now the next one back about God can do it. Keep, go, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's right. If you want to say, leave this morning, saying that yes, you can do it. If you want to leave this place saying, yes, I am worthy. And if you want to leave this place saying, God can do it. So you can do it. God can do it. And yes, you're worthy and I'm worthy. Have a shift in your life. We would love to pray. We're going to sing a song this morning and then we're going to pray for some people. If you'd like prayer, please come out. I'd encourage you. If you don't, can I encourage you to pray for people in your seat? Please don't hold back. Please don't hold back. We are a family here, a family. And everybody here wants what's best for everybody else. I don't want to see anyone miss out. Listen, if you've come in here this morning, you don't know Jesus, please come to the front as well. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. Your best friend you will ever have. His name is Jesus. And he sits at the right hand of the Father continually making intercession for you and for me so we can trust him. Who needs a, a big dose of God this morning? I want a big dose of God this morning. I want to leave this place being so full that I'm overflowing that I'm going to affect the world around me as I leave this place this morning. But God, before we do anything else, Lord, I pray for everybody who's at home this morning. I pray for everybody who's got COVID. And Lord, I ask that your hand would be upon them, Lord. I pray, Lord God, and, and wherever the sickness came from, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I pray for the ones who are struggling with long COVID, Lord, and I ask Lord, that your healing touch would be upon them. I pray, Lord God, Lord, that you'd meet them in their rooms this morning and let your peace rest upon them, Lord, I pray. I pray for strength to return back to bodies. 
I pray and ask, Lord God, that the victory that you wanted, that you appropriated for us on the cross, Lord, will be evident physically upon their bodies, Lord, this morning, Lord, I pray. God, protect these ones. Look over them, Lord, we pray. And God, Lord, I pray for every person that calls Highway Gilston home who isn't attending this morning. I pray, Lord, you'd touch them this morning, Lord. If they're on holidays, Lord, give them a rest. If they're at home, Lord, for whatever reason, Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd touch them in their homes. Touch them wherever they are, Lord God, Lord. That God, Lord, even though they're not here in this building, they would have an experience of you wherever they are, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And now I pray for us here in the service. And I pray, Lord, for every person who's sitting on these seats this morning, that every single one of us would have a touch from you this morning to leave this place differently, especially the ones that come out to the front, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.